when it first started a couple of years ago, when I was, you know, making all of the sensory dough in my kitchen by hand, um, and then assembling every single kit throughout my entire house, I would open up hundreds and hundreds of boxes and lay them out all over the floor of my house and do my own assembly line up and down the halls and over the beds and across the couch. So I've gone from being, you know, the content creator, the Play-Doh maker, the kit packer, the product sourcer, the um, shipping and packing service, and also sometimes the mailman. Hey, everybody. I'm Julie, and welcome to Women with Cool Jobs. Each episode will feature women with unique, trailblazing, and innovative careers. We'll talk about how she got here, what life is like now, and actionable steps that you can take to go on a similar path or one that's all your own. This podcast is about empowering you. It's about empowering you to dream big and to be inspired. You'll hear from incredible women in a wide variety of fields, and hopefully some that you've never heard of before. Women who build robots and roadways, firefighters, C-suite professionals surrounded by men, social media mavens, entrepreneurs, and more. I'm so glad we get to go on this journey together. Hey, everybody. This is Julie, and welcome to another episode of Women with Cool Jobs. Today, I am so excited to introduce another fellow awesome Julie to the show. Her name is Julie Friedman, and she is the owner of Young, Wild, and Friedman. So she creates these really incredible, fun, beautiful, colorful sensory kits for kids. And she started this business because she had her oldest daughter who was experiencing some challenges. Like she had anxiety, she was having trouble talking, and she heard that sensory play was a really good way to help her daughter to cope and to hopefully get through some of these challenges she was having. So she started creating these themed kits for her daughter, and her daughter was like engaged and really happy, and it was helping her. And so she started to share this experience of like how these sensory play kits were helping her daughter. And she was sharing them on social media, on Instagram. And she started having other parents be like, oh my gosh, my daughter has something similar or my son has something similar. And like, I would love a kit too. Like, how did you do this? How did you make this? And she offered 60 kits at the beginning and they all sold out very, very quickly, like almost instantaneously, she sold out of these 60 kits. And so she's like, hmm, I have something here. So she started her business, Young, Wild, and Friedman. And that was in 2017. She's going strong. She has had year after year organic growth. Now she's moving into an 18,000 square foot warehouse because she has grown, the business has grown so much. And so I love the idea of talking to her because not only is she a successful entrepreneur because of the foundation, like that she was just helping her daughter. She was just trying to help her daughter get through and cope with, with some of these challenges that she was having. And she found success with this and is sharing it with the world to like empower other parents to do that for their own children. And that's the foundation of the business. But I also love that she's like a mom of four kids. She is a social media influencer and she is rocking it like 
it's just such cute content if you're not following her on Instagram and Facebook and such. And so like, I really, really, this, just speaking to her and this interview was so exciting to me for all of those reasons. And I had a huge takeaway that she really cemented during this interview is that she is just literally taking things step by step, day by day, and is rolling with it and is seeing where it takes her and is really open to the possibilities. And I think that mindset is really powerful. And I really am going to work so hard to have that for myself and to be really aware and cognizant about not thinking when I start something new that, oh my gosh, I really want to be successful at this, but I don't want to do it if I'm going to fail. Like we even talk about that. I want to be in the mindset of like, I'm just taking this new journey step by step. And Julie Friedman does the most incredible job of like just going with it, going with the flow and taking it day by day and seeing where, where it flows. And she's doing that while she has four kids and she's doing that while she's like growing her, her business through social media. And, um, when I say social media influencer, because I have interviewed another social media influencer who has like over a million YouTube followers, like this is, this is a very creative job really, I think social media influencer is very misleading. And I think that actually you're a content creator. That's how I think of it. And so she is just not only creating incredible products, but she's really creating fun content to watch on Instagram and such. So I hope that you learned so much from this episode. She is an inspiration because she is a mom. She is an inspiration because she is a really brilliant and such a sweet, um, humble, entrepreneur. And it was such fun to speak with her and to learn about what she's doing and to learn all about her super cool job. So enjoy this episode and thank you as always for listening. Hey, Julie, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being on Women with Cool Jobs. Well, hey, Julie, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So it goes without saying that, first of all, you have an awesome name. Um, (laughs) Your name is Julie. And also you have an awesome business. And I'm so excited to have you on the show because you are an entrepreneur of a very quickly growing business called Young, Wild, and Freedmen based out of Houston, Texas. And you are a mom and you actually started your business based on trying to really help your, your child. I'm so excited to talk to you about what you do, about the details of how you created your business, about what it's like to have four kids run this incredible business and just kind of like get to know the details and what your experience was like before. So for Young, Wild, and Freedmen, you create really adorable, colorful sensory kits and activities for kids. So I know you just came out with like a really cute pizza parlor kit and you have sports kits, airplane kits, unicorn kits, ballerina kits, zoo kits, early learning under the sea. And those are just a few. 
you make these really incredibly creative things for children to not have to sit behind a screen and they get all these bonus benefits from really being able to have this hands-on creative, imaginative play. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you describe your job? Well, my job has transitioned a lot over the years. When it first started a couple of years ago, when I was, you know, making all of the sensory dough in my kitchen by hand, um, and then assembling every single kit throughout my entire house, I would open up hundreds and hundreds of boxes and lay them out all over the floor of my house and do my own assembly line up and down the halls and over the beds and across the couch. So I've gone from being, you know, the content creator, the Play-Doh maker, the kit packer, the product sourcer, the um, shipping and packing service, and also sometimes the mailman because I'd have to drive all of these kits to the post office because my mailman wouldn't take them from my porch. Wow. Kind of gone from doing everything on a smaller scale. And then as it's grown, now mainly I run, you know, our, the Young Wild and Freeman social media. So that looks a lot like um, just creative content um, coming up with fun videos and engaging photos and just keeping in contact with um, my customers through my Instagram. And then I also am still fully in charge of creating all of the themes and coming up with all of the little knickknacks that go inside each kit to um, bring them to life for our customers. So, and that involves hours and hours and hours and hours of time. That's why um that's why I told you I'm still in my pajamas because I've been doing <laughs> 7 a.m. this morning. We're already finalizing all of our Christmas kits. So yeah. I've been um, talking with our factory overseas and um, coming up with all of the new designs and stuff that we'll be doing for our Christmas kits. That is amazing. And it's really amazing to hear about you doing everything, wearing all the hats, literally putting all those kits together throughout your house. And I'm just like thinking, cause I know you have kids too. I know you have little kids. So I'm just thinking like, I can't imagine doing that as a mom and being like, don't touch that. Don't take that out. <laughs> you know, Like keep it neat. Cause I imagine like that would have been part of it too. Like telling your kids, these are for other little kids. Like <laughs> I got to keep it organized if you're doing it across the house. And so so I, I think it's amazing to hear the behind the scenes. What was that like at the beginning? And like, how did you get started? Well, I originally, so the way I originally started the business was, um, was back in 2017. And my daughter was diagnosed with some speech delays and an anxiety disorder. And her doctor had just recommended that I incorporate sensory play into her daily routine. And I really didn't know what that meant. So I, you know, took to Google and I read everything I could possibly find about sensory play. And back then it just was not what it is today. Sensory play like ruled the market now. It's really um, been really neat to watch it evolve. I guess I joined the the right market when I did because it was obviously <laughs> and I had no idea or Maybe we helped make it a trend. Who knows? But um, so I started and after I was researching and I, you know, I learned that sensory play was basically anything that involved multiple of your child's senses at one time. And so I, I thought, what would be better than making homemade Play-Doh and giving it to her when it was warm and adding oil to scent it? 
and just let her engage in sensory play that way. And so I started making her these little themed Play-Doh kits um, in my kitchen. And I would make her, you know, a cupcake decorating kit or a under the sea kit. And she loved them. She'd play with them for hours. And so that's kind of how the idea came to life was just by trying to create something creative and engaging that my daughter would play with and enjoy and sit for hours doing. And it, I watched it and it alleviated her anxiety and it really kind of calmed her down and it helped her get into a position where she was comfortable enough to use her words and try to speak. And um, it was really neat to see how that helped us. And so I just kind of started sharing our journey with sensory play and speech delays and apraxia on Instagram. And, um, you know, you always realize once you post something out on a public platform, you realize you're not the only one with a kid who has apraxia. You're not the only one with a child that struggles with anxiety or speech delays. And so I had so many other moms that were relating to me and wanting to use my products and even kids that are completely typical children love our kids too. My other three, my other kids are just as in love with our sensory kits as my daughter is. So um, after sharing it on Instagram, it just kind of started taking off and people were wanting to buy them. And so I was like, well, heck, I guess I should sell these. (laughs) Yeah. And so going from that place where you were at the beginning, like, how did you feel, especially because you were um, a mom with a young child and then starting a business, like, could you have any expectations that your business was going to explode in the way that it did? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I love when people ask me questions like that, because it kind of makes me think about things I don't normally think about. Um, But yeah, so when I first started it I I was actually laughing about this with my husband because we were going over the Enneagram and uh, he's like stop talking about the Enneagram so I was like I can't help it it's so interesting because I'm a seven and sevens on the Enneagram a lot of times they are entrepreneurs and I thought that was kind of interesting because I never really set out to like be an entrepreneur or like have some like big unique job. It's just like, I don't have like crazy, like goals or anything like that (laughs) myself. And, um, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty realistic, but when I did start it, I do remember sitting at my, I do not like doing things that I'm not good at. That is not my personality. Like if I try a sport and I'm not naturally good at it, like I'm not going to try to become really good at it. I'm like, it's not in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. So like growing up, I played the sports that I was good at and I did the things that I was good at. And I still like to this day, I don't like to do things that I'm not good at. And so I have always been really creative and I've always been, you know, good at creating new ideas and coming up with fun, creative games or activities. Like I was always putting together fun themed creative games for my kids to play or activities to do. And so I knew that, you know, this is something I could do, but when I decided to sell the product and like actually make the kit, I was kind of like, okay, here's the deal. If I'm going to start an Instagram page, I don't want it to just like have a couple thousand followers and linger around. Like I want, like, I remember when I started, I said to my husband, like, I want to have a hundred thousand followers. Like, I don't want to do this if it's not going to 
grow. And he was like, okay, well, take a step back. You just started it. You <laughs> and I was like, yes, I know. But like, I just, I want to grow it to where I want it to be successful. And he was like, okay, well, that's a normal thing to say. And I was like, and also with this business, I don't want to do this if it's not going to, if it's not going to do well. And he was like, okay, well, try it and see how it goes. I'm like, okay. So I remember when I, when I launched my first like set of them, I sold 60 beach themed kits and I was kind of like, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm going to do this. And if they all don't sell immediately, I'm just not going to do it. Oh, wow. And I was kind of like, I'm just, I either, it's either going to work. It's not going to work. And I'm not going to like try to do something that's not going to work. And, um, I guess there's a realist in me. (laughs) <laughs> and I posted those 60 kits and they all sold out in 30 minutes. And I was kind of like, there we go. All right. Yes. I guess it works. <laughs> and so wow. from then on out, I, uh, I kind of used that model for my sales as I would do product launches. I didn't have uh, a website with products that you could buy. I would only launch them, you know, once every couple of weeks at a certain time. And so that was kind of my like model to get people to, you're like, okay, it's only available now. I have to buy it now. Yeah. And so I did that for the first several months, I would say the first six months of my business. I only would launch one product at a time and I would sell. I, I went from selling 60 to 100 to 200 and they would sell it in one minute every time after my, my first launch. And so that kind of, obviously, I mean, I feel like that was like any entrepreneur's dream, right? To like start something and it just like, actually works and you don't have to like hustle for the sale and that was kind of like such an incredible gift I think because since I don't naturally have that like I don't know like hustle for the sale in me it's not like my personality to like try to force things on people or make them buy something that they don't want and so um I think that that like kind of gave me you know the confidence that I needed to say okay you know what this is a product that people want People need it. There's a there is a void in the market for this. It's impossible to find a engaging, screen-free sensory play kit that um, has, is of high quality. I mean, you can buy a piece of junk, but you can't find something that's like really carefully curated and beautiful and fun and engaging. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I I have this product. People want it. Let's go for it. And so I went for it. <laughs> Yes. And man, (laughs) that is so awesome to hear like the success behind everything. And I think that really goes to show your like all in sort of dedication. Like if I'm going to do it, this is going to work. And, you know, coming out with the kids at the beginning, I can only imagine you were that dedicated to making those first 60 kits that you offered really amazing. And like something that you would want to buy for your own kid so that other people would, you know, feel the same way. And I have to say the reason that I found out about you was I think about like a year, I was trying to think of the timeframe and I can't because the pandemic is a blur, you know, but I think it was like a year or year and a half ago. I remember I was on Facebook in one of my mom's groups and someone was talking about sensory kits. And I was like, oh, what's that? You know, I, I didn't know what they were. And then someone had recommended Young, Wild, and Friedman. So of course I went to go check it out. And I don't even think I was on Instagram at the time. I think I found you on Facebook. And um, I just remember thinking, wow, these are so neat. And I loved 
the themes that you have, the variety of themes. I love like the colors and the little pieces. And like, I feel like it's something that an adult could <laughs> could use and be entertained with too. You know, they're just so fun. And then I went, I, re- I went like later when I actually had Instagram, I went to find you on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, she has so many people who know about her on Instagram. Like I didn't realize how big your business was until after I'd originally found you. But I think that kind of going back to what you said that like, you wanted it to work. And now you do have like what hundred thousand plus, you know, followers. You have so many people who know about you on Instagram and you've got like people who've bought your products, like Laura Bush and Kim Kardashian and Jimmy Kimmel, like a lot of really well-known celebrities. And so I want to ask you with that, like how, how has it felt to, go through the process of, um, now it's been about five years. It sounds like from the point that you created your business at the beginning to now, like, how has it been to grow as an entrepreneur, as a mother? Cause I know you've grown your family. Um, and you now have four children as sort of someone who's, who's a influencer really on Instagram, like you've grown in all these different areas of your life. What do you think are the important takeaways that people who might be interested in starting a business or just starting out and maybe they're like a young mom? So let me start with, let's see how I've grown. I have grown a lot since starting this business, um, a whole lot. So I've mentioned this before on another podcast, but I have never taken a business class. I've never taken a marketing class. I've never learned how to manage people or I don't even know how to make an Excel, an Excel spreadsheet. You know, I'm not, I'm so not a business person. And I'm so in starting this business and growing this business, I've had to learn how, you know, to overcome lots of bottlenecks. Um, Lots of, I mean, learning how to source mass quantities. I mean, when we first started this business, we, I literally bought everything at Hobby Lobby. Wow. And I was just like, I was just kind of walk around and be like, oh, that'd be cute. And this would be cute. That'd be cute. Oh, they have a hundred of them. Perfect. And then I got to the point where I'd have to buy everything online. And so I'd buy it all from Hobby Lobby and Michael's and all of these little like craft stores that I could, you know, like little wholesale toy companies, like oriental trading type places. And then it got to the point where I couldn't even buy enough from online retailers. And so I learned how to, you know, overcome the sourcing issues and be able to, to be able to like create, you know, when we would do subscriptions and we have thousands of subscribers. It's like, well, I, there's no way I can find a thousand, you know, little bear figurines. And, well, you know, it kind of got to the point where we had to figure out how to, you know, go overseas. And now we have, we have a Young Wild and Friedman factory and we, you know, we work with people with a 12 hour time difference than us. So, you know, every night I get them, I, I put my kids to bed and at 8.30 when they wake up over there in China, when we're going to bed, we start our communication and we're coming up with new ideas and sourcing them. So it's, I've had to work with like, contacts abroad and relationships that are 
um, just new and, and different and, um, you know, learning how to, to do that. I've actually officially learned how to, um, make an, expo- an Excel spreadsheet. I can hardly say that word. See, it's foreign to me. Um, <laughs> good job, but you know what? I don't know how to do that either. I am not, I'm not good at Excel. I'm still terrible at it, but my husband has actually taught me how to actually input numbers. I don't know how to do any of the math or anything on there yet, but you know, all of our order logs and purchase orders are all through Excel. And thankfully I have a really smart husband who thrives in the business world. And so he helps me with all of my shortcomings there. That's awesome. I guess I've also had to learn how to to manage a lot of people. I mean, we have a team of 35 women who work at the factory and, you know, they all have different roles and jobs and we have team leaders and managers and we have a whole shipping operation now that's just insane and so learning how to do that and work with all of the you know shipping and logistics um and it's just it's just been a huge learning curve for me um (laughs) but it's also been the best thing ever because I feel like I've I feel like I'm so much more well-rounded of a person now knowing how to you know work with all different types of people and have to be really resourceful because we have like I feel like we have a giant problem come up every couple of days of oh no all of our our container is delayed by two weeks and how are we gonna make this up to our subscribers because now we're not gonna be able to get their kits to them for two weeks because it's stuck in the ocean and so I think just kind of learning how to shake off little things and just keep going has been a big uh, a big thing for me I've had to learn like we're going to have, we have a problem almost every day. I can't make it a big deal. Like it's a problem, we got to figure out a solution. We got to move forward and there's no point like dwelling on it or stressing about it. And so I've learned that, um, oh my word, I feel like I could go all day with what I've learned. I feel like I've learned everything. What about the aspect of a mom? Cause I, cause I know you have a little, little one, um, and you have some older kids. So tell us their ages. And then like, how have you, you know, had, like had your role basically grow as a mom. I, you know, I know, I know, um, with that, like just kids in general, like, uh, you know, that's the hardest job is being mom. And then you have this growing business. So how has that been to grow the business alongside essentially growing your family? Like, how have you, I guess, learned to manage that and sort of have realistic expectations for yourself in both uh, roles? Yeah. So before Young Wild and Friedman, I was a full-time stay-at-home mom. Um, I had three kids at that time, Evie, Kerr, and Rhett. Evie is about to be nine. Um, Kerr is six and Rhett's four. And we have a new baby now. Her name's Sadler. And she's nine months. So at the beginning, you know, it was just me and them. And I didn't, I didn't have any help really with them. I had a little bit of you know, I had a housekeeper that would come help me clean every now and then. And, but it was kind of like, I was trying to start this and I had all these kids and they weren't in like full-time school or anything yet. And so I think that as I have grown the business, I've had to learn how to, um, how to just how to accept help where I need it. I'm the first one to say, I'm not like a super mom. I'm not the mom that's going to like wake up at 6am and have bacon, eggs and toast on the table when the kids get out. You know, I'm the mom that like my kids wake up and they come and they're like, 
wakes, they get in bed with me and they're like, Hey, we're up. And I'm like, Oh, Hey guys, come on. And I'm very type B. I am not a proactive planning stress type of person. I'm very like go with the flow, which I think is a very needed quality um, when you're trying to do a ton of different things at once. And so I think I've just kind of learned, you know, I need a lot of help. I need, you know, if you're going to have a full-time job, you're going to have to have help with your kids. Mm -hmm. And so thankfully we've been really, really blessed. We have the most incredible nanny ever who is part of our family now. Um, She's been with us for, I mean, I hired her right when I started Young Wild and Friedman, basically, I think in 2018. So she's been with us for a couple of years and she just helps me do the things that I don't physically have time for. So she helps me with all of the laundry and the cleaning. And, you know, she's here with Sadler when I'm running carpool and she, um, you know, she can even help me do carpool if I'm, if I'm stuck at the factory or, um, you know, right now I'm on a podcast with you. So she's got them on a walk right now. And so we just kind of have to work together to make it work. My husband's also really helpful. He, um, he's an entrepreneur as well, believe it or not. So if your spouse does men with cool jobs, he can hop on there. Awesome. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he will start a podcast, but I will let him know <laughs> if he wants to. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because every once in a while, because I've I have two little boys and I'm like, gosh, like every once in a while I'm like so tempted because I find some really cool men along the way. I'm like, oh, maybe I should <laughs> start an offshoot at some point, but not there yet. Yeah. yeah, I love that though. And it sounds like also your your spouse is like so, so supportive, which is huge. I wouldn't have been able to do this if it weren't for him because I feel like he's always, you know, encouraged me to do it. And like every time at the beginning, I, it was so exciting and fun to tell him, you're not going to believe it. I sold 60 or you're not going to believe it. I sold a hundred. And he was like, so supportive and so proud of me and like just like really he was like my biggest cheerleader at the beginning stages and I mean he still is just incredibly he's incredibly helpful now as well but um he just kind of gave me the confidence to say like you know what you've got a great idea run with it do it why wouldn't you um and so he made it really easy for me to pursue it um which was really really sweet kind of looking back on it and realizing like how encouraging he really was through it all um, has been kind of fun to notice because like in the moment I was just excited I'm like yay me but like I kind of didn't think it was like a big deal it was like kind of silly at the beginning like oh yay I made some play-doh and I <laughs> you know it was like kind of like Etsy shop level right but it was still really exciting for me yeah. and I at that at that stage I honestly like I thought I was like crushing it you know selling a hundred of them uh, on my launches. And I was like, well, if I could just do this the rest of my life, I'm set. Like I never would have imagined I'd have like a factory and 35 sweet little elves running around the insane workshop. Making yeah. It's incredible. And for anyone listening, like, I really want to encourage you to go on to her Instagram and it's young, wild and Friedman and like find her like all her beautiful pictures, of course, and videos, but like just the scope of the pictures of your factory is, I mean, it's amazing to see what you guys are actually producing, like the numbers that you're actually producing. And I know we talked, um, you said you're signing a lease on a bigger warehouse. And so tell us, you know, kind of going from when you started and you were, you're starting with 60, you're going up 
up and down hallways in your house and the couch in your house, putting these things together. Like how many kits are you selling now, if you're okay with sharing that. And um, tell us a little bit about some more of the details of your offerings, like what's in a kit so people can picture it if they have no idea a sense, like what a sensory kit is essentially. Yeah. So we, when I, so I started obviously making them in my house and after a couple months of that, I realized this was not going to work. I had boxes of supplies stacked to the ceiling in our living room and I had assembly tables throughout like my playroom and dining room. And I had a, what it was a 50 quart stand, stand up mixer in the middle of my kitchen floor. So (laughs) you sit in the bowl of it. It was huge. And so like, it just became like part of our home. Like it was, we lived in a really small house at this time. And so my, we were kind of like, what are we going to do? We have all of these people living in this little house and we have stuff everywhere. And it's like, you know what? I have to, I have to move it out of here. I can't do this anymore. And I had hired at that point, I had two employees. I had a lady that helped me make Play-Doh and I had a, her daughter who helped me assemble all of the kits. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to rent a house and move this to a house because at that point I couldn't like get my head around it working anywhere else because I needed a kitchen because I had to, I had to be able to boil water and I needed a stove and it's the Play-Doh making. I'd only ever made it in a kitchen. And so I kind of just like, couldn't visualize making it anywhere else. And so I was like, I think I have to do it in a house. And so I rented a house that was only two miles from my house and I signed a year lease and was very upfront with the sweet little old lady that I rented it from. I was like, I am not living here. I am making Play-Doh in this house. Are you cool with that? And she's like, I don't really care what you do. Just don't mess it up. I was like, all right, deal. So I rented the house and we were there for six months and the house was actually bigger than the house that I lived in. And so I thought that it would be fine. It was like a little four bedroom house, had a kitchen and we had assembly tables like through the living room and dining room and whatever. And it was great for a couple of months. And then the business has just been, I mean, year after year, it's growing like hundreds and hundreds of percents every year. It's like wild. You wouldn't even believe it. But um especially during the first couple of years, it was just like on fire. And so when we had been at that house for six months and we had like Play-Doh coming out the windows of the house, we couldn't, (laughs) we couldn't be there anymore. There was no room for anything. We're like, what are we going to do? And I had a year lease and I was like, well, this is such a bummer. I'm going to have to pay out the rest of this lease and find somewhere else. And so that's what I did. Six months in, I found an I found an actual like more warehousey type space, and we built a kitchen out in it. Wow! And so we had you know a stove, and we were able to have two mixers now because we had more space. And six months into live or three months into that new place, we were like, oh no, we don't fit here anymore. Oh my! Gosh. And so I had to rent like across the street. There was kind of like a storage unit warehouse across the parking lot from where we were. And so we rented that out. And then for three more months, we were like, okay, we can't fit in these spots anymore. And I only had about, you know, I think I had a little under, maybe around 5,000 square feet at that point. And so we were like, okay, I have to break another lease. That's six months because that's kind of our MO. And we found this big, huge place. It was 13,000 square feet. There's a picture on my Instagram. I'm sitting in the, on the floor, my legs crossed in the middle of it. And it looks huge, right? Well, six months into there, we were like, this is unbelievable. Like, what is it oh, with six months? Wow. 
are bursting out the windows of this place. And so now we have, a, we found another place that it's actually 18,000 square feet and it looks really, really, really big. And I'm hoping that in six months, it still looks big. <laughs> but for, really, really big. That honestly is amazing. I lost count of how many places you've moved. <laughs> that is so incredible to hear. And I think that like, it's incredible to hear you speak about it too, because when you say you're type B and, you know, I think that like, it's almost like you're not giving yourself enough credit because I think like the fact that you are so willing to assess where you are and be like, well, this was supposed to be our home for like a year or whatever. And then keep changing and like thinking about growth and thinking about like, well, where do I want to take this? And now you're going to be in this 18,000 square foot, I mean, warehouse. I I can't even imagine like what the size of that is that like half of a Costco or, you know, it's, it's like wild to, to think about that size, but just the fact that you've got that vision. And I think that you're really willing to embrace almost like the possibility of what's next. I think it talks so much about like you as an entrepreneur and also just like how creative you are in your vision. Like, I think when I heard about your business, I immediately was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I want to interview her. Um, And that was before I think I even had my podcast, but like, I just, I've always had the idea of like women with cool jobs. She has a cool job. I want to know more. And, um, it's incredible. I mean, it's really incredible what, what you're doing and, um, the, I think the precedent that you've set for having such a, like a, a a very kid friendly and also adult friendly business and with a screen-free sort of really educational standpoint is I think really unusual. And I think it's also the fact that like, you're always thinking of new things, like explain to us. Cause I loved, I just saw that you posted your pizza parlor kit. So explain to us, so people who have no idea maybe what a sensory kit actually is, will you explain that kit so people really get a feel for like what you do and what you're creating? Because it's incredible. And so, so, I, I like, I just love it for so many reasons. So I'm not even having the word, like the proper words to explain it, but it, like, tell us what is this kit so people can picture it. Our, our pizza parlor kit in particular was one that I have kind of dreamed of for two years, but I had never been able to make it because back when I was having to source things in the States, I could, I was very limited to the types of things of things that I could find because I couldn't really have anything custom made because I didn't meet the minimum order requirements and la di da da So um, I've had this pizza parlor kit in my mind and I finally, now that we have our factory in China, was able to, you know, custom make the kit and um, all of the content in it. And so I thought it would be so cute to have, you know, we make all of our Play-Doh homemade in-house. It's natural, it's all food grade ingredients. And we just 
we sent it though with some oils and some food coloring to, you know, make it fun and pretty. But um, so for the pizza kit, I have always wanted to do for the white Play-Doh in the kit to make it pizza dough and put real oregano leaves in it. And so we have made the white dough. It smells like actual pizza dough because we have dried oregano leaves in it. It's awesome. So, so cool. I, I love it when you're, you know, rolling out the crust, it really smells like pizza. And we scented the green Play-Doh with basil. And so in this kit, it comes with, you know, three scented Play-Dohs that, you know, fit the theme of the kit. So in this case, it's obviously pizza themed. And, and we have a pizza roller and, you know, wooden pizza slicer for the kids to be able to cut the pizza into slices. And we have a little spatula for them to scoop it up. And it comes with two, you know, pizza pie pans to make them in. And then we had a bunch of little custom wooden pizza toppings made. So we have, you know, we have onions and olives, um, pepperonis and all that stuff to be able to decorate the pizza. And then it comes with like some yarn that looks like shredded mozzarella cheese. Um, We had a cute little Parmesan cheese shaker. And I thought a fun way to be able to, you know, bring a little bit of an educational aspect to it. I always try to do that when I can in the kits. We have a little, um, a little cash register box and it has fake little coins in it. So you can, you know, charge your customers for their pizza and count the money. And it comes with a little menu that's like a little dry erase menu that you can use to take orders. And um, it's just a really fun, engaging kit. My kids, it's been their favorite one so far. And it was kind of fun to see an idea that I've had just lingering in the back of my head for years actually get to like come out and have its place in the world. Yeah. And I'm so glad, like I was, I know we had tried to record this a few months ago and it just didn't happen. And I was telling my husband when I saw that, I'm like, I'm so glad that that actually, you know, we did this interview now because I saw that and I saw you say like, this has been something I've been dreaming of and imagining for so long. And then how did it feel to like have it actually come to fruition and like you can touch everything and create these and then ship them out now? It was so cool. I, I remember when I, you know, got the samples and I put them all together in the box. I was like, wow. And I, it's really here. Like, I can't believe it. After all these years of thinking about these and trying to find these items in the States and not being able to and actually getting to have like my first like fully custom kit. Um, available for our customer. I mean, it was amazing. It was just like, I felt, um, I just kind of felt like I had arrived, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I, I could see why. And, you know, we didn't touch on it a lot, but the fact that you also have a factory that is creating things in China, like I imagine that was a process to, to figure out how to do that and then to actually have things made. So what what was that aspect like of finding, you know, sourcing things out to China? Because in, in you're staying up and you're doing this at like 8:30 at night. Yeah. So this business has been, it is not easy to scale. It is not like, like it has not been just like we have one product where we can order as many of them as we want. We can push as much advertising around it as we want because you know, we have one product, we get it, it's boxed on, we have to just ship it. It's like completely different because it is so detailed and so customized and, you know, everything is made to order and all of the Play-Doh is made in-house. You know, it's not 
it has definitely been a huge pain in the butt to scale it. And product sourcing was our biggest bottleneck. I mean, it got to the point where we, you know, we used to buy our plastic boxes from Ikea. Okay. When I first started, it was like, I I saw the box at Ikea and I'm like, oh, that'll work for this. And it got to the point where I mean, like every manager and all of Ikea, they knew me, they knew my business. One time I walked into Ikea and they were like, oh, the Play-Doh lady, like, all (laughs) <laughs> like it's you and I was like hey what's up y'all um they gave me a baby gift when I had sat there I mean, it was <laughs> they did know you well <laughs> they did and so it was kind of like but we when COVID hit we had like huge problems I mean with every along with the rest of the world but trying to get our plastic boxes we had already actually bought out Ikea's inventory for all of 2020 Wow. When it had hit and they weren't able to get any more because of COVID. And so we kind of got like a severe bottleneck, not being able to get the plastic cases that our kits were made in. And so at that point we were like, okay, we have to make our own box. And so we went through all of the logistical learning curve and nightmare of, you know, getting in touch with injection molding companies and coming up with creating a steel mold and having our own box made. And so you know, we actually have it made in the United States, the box, because we couldn't, you know, we didn't ever want to risk an overseas shipping problem or not being able to source our box because that's our whole product. So if we don't have the box, we can't make the kits. And so we, you know, we have to pay more to have it made in the States, but um, we have a great injection molder in LA that does it for us now. So we kind of had to fix that bottleneck and then it got to where we couldn't source products. And so we, you know, it's a, another huge scaling issue was trying to figure out, okay, well, we need, you know, 50,000 ballerinas. I mean, how are we going to get 50,000 ballerinas? And so my husband actually went to China. And so um, now we have, you know, we've figured that out by, you know, we've gotten in contact with a great supplier in a factory that now makes all of the things that we need. And that was, that was obviously like a huge, um, a huge relief. Once we were able to, you know, fix that sourcing need for, you know, the little items and being able to have things custom made, but it's also been like a huge learning process, learning how to, um, how, how to work that whole system and how it's just, it's wild. I mean, honestly, it's truly insane what we do every day. Yeah, that is, thank you for explaining all that because it's really, really interesting to hear about like all those pieces of the puzzle, I wouldn't have ever even considered like, yeah, like the boxes that, you know, that you put things in, like, where is that from? Can you get enough of those? Can you get enough, you know, mushrooms for your pizza or (laughs) all those pieces? And it's really interesting to hear about the details and the work that goes on. Um, and the skills that you have learned in order, or like probably I'm, I can't even imagine all the weird facts that you probably now know about getting things from China or like the process for the injection molding, you know, (laughs) and making those boxes, like all those things that we don't really think about as the consumer or the person buying something. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm curious. So for you now, cause it seems like you're at this this really sort of momentous point where you can start to 
dream like even bigger and start advertising and you've got the capacity to fill like so many more orders. So what is your dream for the future? Like for the next, you know, year or five years? Um, that's a good question. I guess my dream would be to just keep going. I mean, like it's been the most fun thing I've ever done. I always like am a little every now and then I'll lay in bed and be like, what's going to happen if it ends? Like, what will I do? Because I just have so much fun with this business and um, coming up with the ideas. It's such a creative outlet for me. And it's also really fun to bring my kids in on it. You know, they love coming to the factory with me and it's such a fun like field trip for them. I mean, if they don't have school, I just bring them up there and they're entertained the whole workday and they do whatever they want up there. It's like a little candy land for kids. And so I just think it it brings our family like so much joy having this business. Every single person in the family loves it and enjoys it just as much as the next. And so I think my dream would just be to get to keep doing what I'm doing, to keep coming up with themes and creating products that kids love and, you know, to just keep growing it. Maybe one day we'll figure out logistically how to sell them internationally. Right now we're only in the United States because I have no idea how to ship anywhere else without it costing a million dollars. And so I'm like, I think it'd be neat to just keep growing it, keep scaling it. We employ so many incredible women. That's been one of my absolute favorite things about the business is getting to know all of the people that work for the business that I would have never gotten to know otherwise. Um, and we're able to provide you know, good jobs for good people. And um, we have a really a really great team and everyone likes working for the business. It's a fun business. It's a fun, um, it's just like a fun job. And so I think to just keep growing it, keep growing our team, growing the business and popping out more kits. <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful dream. And I can't wait to see like what, you know, what themes you guys end of creating now that you do have that ability as well to like make these very customized specific mm -hmm. pieces that you, you know, that you just dream up and think up. Yeah. And when you were little, were you always one who was creative? Were you like, I don't know, like, were you playing with dolls and creating these scenarios or like in the kitchen, you know, pretending with, with food? Like, were you kind of someone who has always dreamt up different things to play with? And then you just carry this along with you as an adult? Yeah. My mom says I was always very, very creative. I um, definitely enjoyed making my own fun and coming up with new ideas and you know, anytime we had a class project where we got to like, you remember you'd make those little, what did they call them? Those like, you'd get like a shoe box and you would have to like, yes. What, what is that even called? It? I don't know. I want to say diorama, but I don't think that's it. I, but I know. Yeah. And it's like, you pop things out and it's like a 3d, um, almost like dollhouse, but not. Is oh, exactly. So you get to pick your theme and you get to like build out. I did like an, I think I did like a amusement park one time and I, you know, I made cotton candy with cotton balls and I colored it pink and I made little cones and I glued it on there. And then I made a little, a glass fun house. And like, I built out this entire like amusement park and I was like, so impressed by it. A good idea for a theme. Huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> and so I've always enjoyed, you know, 
coming up with like creative ideas and you know making things with them and so I have definitely always always been like that and I've always loved you know just like coming up with new stuff I had a little friend actually we were talking about this at a baby shower and she had reminded me of the story when we were in we were in elementary school and she was like we were always meant to be entrepreneurs and you actually did it I didn't I was like she was like do you remember when we made up we made like these recipes and we made this like pie and we tried to we asked her mom to take us to like these three local restaurants in San Antonio we tried to sell them our recipe for our pie and we were like eight years old and I was like oh my gosh that is so funny that's awesome so I think it was just you know it was always having lemonade stands or trying to you know do something fun and creative and um so I think it's just definitely in my soul (laughs) yeah it sounds like it and I love I do remember those boxes those were those were really fun to make um and yours sounded amazing with a fun house so I and candy can't go wrong so I I really appreciate you kind of explaining you know just sort of your whole business and where you've sort of where you started and then where you are now, the growth is incredible. You know, what you guys are doing is really amazing. And I think that it's just going to continue to grow because it's, it's so much fun, but then I love the educational aspect. I love the hands-on aspect. I love that it's not in front of a screen. And I think so many parents love that too. And I, I'm curious for people who are, who are interested in doing, and I don't want to say something similar because it's not the right thing, but in becoming an entrepreneur and creating a business, you have done a really, really good job. And I think it's an understatement, probably say good, a really incredible job at being willing to dream and being willing to pivot when needed, you know, because your business was expanding so organically. So are there certain things that for someone who is looking to build a business, um, and let's say it's a creative business, what advice would you give them? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like I need to do like a blog post on this or something because I get messages all the time from sweet moms that have a dream and they're like, how do I do it? And I'm like, oh, I wish I had time to help each one of you brainstorm and come up with a idea to, you know, pursue and whatever. But I think that, honestly, I think just, gosh, let's see. I would say if you have a dream and something that you think or that you believe in and that you know, you can put your heart and your mind and your energy behind that you love, why not go for it? You know, if you've got an idea and got something that you love and you think other people will love, I would just, I would just encourage moms um, to dream it and do it and not be afraid to fail. Um, I know that was something I was afraid to do. I did not want to fail and I didn't want to do it. And I think that's like the biggest problem for moms and women is that we are afraid that like our idea or our business plan or whatever isn't gonna isn't gonna work out and 
I guess it's probably pretty true that if you never try it, you'll never know. So yeah, uh, I would just say, you know, put yourself out there and go for it and don't be afraid to, you know, to chase the dream and make the Play-Doh or sell the kit or, you know, do whatever it is that um, you think is, is you know, going to work. So yeah. And is there, cause this is a, a question. I'm curious what your answer is going to be, because is there, a way that you have being an entrepreneur in like a a business that really in an industry that, as you said, was really beginning. It was like born almost when you started it, you know, in the sensory play, like how have you found mentors or support to help your growth? Gosh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know anybody that's started a business like this or, you know, most of the people that I do know that have started businesses or are entrepreneurs, it's completely different and not very like relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really feel like I've ever had like a, like a business mentor or anything like that. That would have been really nice. Yeah. But I have found a lot of comfort and um, probably companionship in other women who either have, you know, no matter the scale of business, like one of my friends, her name is Lindsay and she runs you know, a jewelry company in Houston. And um, I love talking to her. We have a completely different business and a completely different business model and everything we do is completely different, but just having another girl that's a hustler and, you know, she, she works just as hard as I do. And she does, you know, she's, she's built up her own, her own business and her own brand. And um, so getting to talk to people like, her um, and becoming you know good friends with them or even just some of my friends who are bloggers I just like love I've loved getting to know you know what the girl that takes my photos her name's Ailey and she has a blog and so it's just really fun to be able to um talk with her because she can totally relate to all of my Instagram stuff because like Instagram is like a whole nother world I yes feel. when you're in it you you're in it and you know but like if you're just like a social Instagrammer for like your own sake it is like very different <laughs> until and then when you talk to us we're like <laughs> you know, it's our job and yeah. so it kind of we look at it a lot differently than um, a normal a normal person would and so just having you know people who are in kind of that that sphere um to be able to talk to or relate to or oh well this link or this ad or this whatever you know they kind of can relate and so um those have been kind of the ways that I've um felt encouraged and supported uh, it's just by having friends that are kind of in the in a general you know business or Instagram <laughs> yeah yeah so not necessarily the same niche but the fact that they have a business and they're they're like an entrepreneur or in that same sort of mindset where they're an influencer or in that professional social media role so yeah and as far as other skills, do you have any recommendations for if people were, you know, to get a degree or like associations or organizations or where you would suggest people even find resources or things to get kind of like information about what it's like to be an entrepreneur or a certain aspect of the business? And this is, I know, a, a vague question, but I think what you do is so unique. 
Um, and so how have you, if there's not a specific place, like how have you learned some of these skills? Yeah. Well, I know I have never, um, I've never even listened to a podcast on being an entrepreneur. I've never. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like, um, you know, if I'm going to listen to a book or a podcast, it's probably going to be about the bachelorette or (laughs) if I have fictional book. (laughs) And (laughs) it's so funny. I'm not a super information seeker, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's natural, which is awesome. I, so honestly, I, I wish I had some great resources and ideas and places to send people to say, this is where I learned my skills or I don't even know. I don't even feel like I have skills. I don't know. I just, oh, you do. Please. Don't doubt. Don't like, you know, discount all that you've learned. I mean, like you, you're doing so much. Yeah. It just, it feels like I know people will be like, you do so much or how do you do all this? And I'm like, I don't feel like I do that much. Like, it feels very natural to me. Like yeah. my, what I do is I feel like it's just like, was what I was made to do. You know, the social media stuff, people are like, do you run your own social media? And I'm like, of course I do. Who would run my social media? It's me. Yeah. Like it's about me. Like that would be so, um, not real. It is such a skill. I, I guess like some people say that, but it, to me, it feels very natural. Like it's, yeah. not, I don't feel uncomfortable. Like I used at the very beginning, I used to be like, Ew, I do not want to like face the camera towards me and be like, hey guys. <laughs> no, and I still don't really do much of that shitty chat stuff, but like it doesn't, um, it doesn't phase me to like face the camera towards myself and be like, hey, I want to show you all something. Look what we're doing or whatever. And I think like just sharing, you know, my business or my family or, you know, what we're up to is it's just natural to me and it doesn't feel weird and actually really love um engaging and getting to kind of know the people that follow my page because you know I am the person that reads their messages and their comments and you know if you're if you send me a DM I'm going to be the one that replies to you and so I think that that's been um a big huge part of my business is my brand being very personal I think like if you think about any I guess here here's a piece of advice just came to me um, if you have a brand, make, you know, dive in, be part of the brand because people are so much more interested in a person than a product. And so I think if, you know, I think if I could say one thing that I've accidentally done that has helped my business, what I think um, being part of the product and letting my family be part of the product because it was part of the product. Right. Um, and so it just was sort of was very natural and not weird or forced. But I think that people are able to really engage and connect with Young Wild and Freedman because it's more than just a Play-Doh kit. You know, it's a story. It's a story of success. It was a story of trial. Like we had a really hard, you know, we had a really hard hand dealt to us when our daughter got all of these diagnoses and we didn't know what to do and we didn't know how to help her. And we were really, really young parents and we were trying to figure it out and do the best we could for her. And I think like seeing how, um, you know, we saw that and we built this brand and this product to help her and then to watch her overcome her, um, her delays and her anxiety and just grow and thrive has been like, it's a true success story. Not, I mean, yeah, the business is a success too, but it's the, you know, the, the reason behind it and watching her develop into, 
you know, a thriving little girl from coming from a really, really hard situation. And um, so I think just being able to connect with a brand on like on a more emotional level, uh, I think has been really awesome and beneficial for the business. And I'm really grateful for that aspect because I love connecting with other moms and I get messages all the time of moms who have kids with, you know, disabilities or disorders and they are, everyone is, I feel like they're so sweet. They always take the time to either email me or send me a DM and say like, Hey, I found you. And I couldn't believe that your daughter has apraxia because my son has apraxia. And, you know, we're using these kids in his therapy and I just wanted to let you know that they're really helping him. And I, I can't believe it. Wow. It's so nice to see something that really helped us help other people. Um, Sorry, whoa, long tangent. No, and you know, I think that as a parent, that's the most important thing is like you're just trying to help your kid, you know, to live a good life. You know, you want them to be happy and and successful and and to be able to go through life and to enjoy, you know, to enjoy it. And so I think the fact that you found this method that works for your, your own child, but then you're, you're helping other kids. And I think, you know, getting that, that feedback too, that that's happening on a regular basis is, I think I can only imagine that it just must feel so incredible and like empowering, like you're empowering other parents, other moms to help their own children. Yeah, it's really, it is very fulfilling. And, um, I think I have the best job ever. Yeah, you do. You have an awesome, awesome job. <laughs> I would agree with you. It looks so fun for so many reasons. And, um, you know, it's it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. So to end our conversation, will you share a sentence that uses verbiage or jargon from your field and then translate it so it's understandable to us? Oh, gosh. Well, I feel like we're like the, the you know, the king of puns. We had a dough anywhere we can. We've, um, we've, <laughs> we just were actually about to launch some new Play Doh jars, and they're kind of like tie dye Austin Powers, like Joe Dars, and we're calling them Psychedella Dough. Um, we've got rain dough jars that are like the color of the rainbow. Your product is so cute, and I, I really appreciate your time here and just kind of giving us the, the insight into what you do, what your like responsibilities are and how you have, you know, grown and balanced these different aspects of your life. And I, I'm curious if you want to share anything about, um, upcoming, like upcoming themes or products and also where people can find you if they don't already follow you. Yeah. So we are going to be having our October, November, December subscription coming up here pretty soon. We'll, um, we usually pre-sell our holidays. So we'll have the October would be Halloween and then November is fall themed and December is a Christmas theme. We have a couple of different Christmas themes this year to choose from. And then you can also, you can always find us at youngwildandfriedman.com or on Instagram at youngwildandfriedman. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was a true pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. It was fun to be here. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Women with Cool Jobs. 
I'll be releasing a new episode every two weeks. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you loved the show, please give me a five-star rating. Also, it would mean so much if you shared this episode with someone you think who would love it or would find it inspirational. And lastly, do you have ideas for future shows or do you know any rock star women with cool jobs? I would love to hear from you. You can email me at julie at womenwithcooljobs.com or you can find me on Instagram at womencooljobs. Again, that's womencooljobs. Thank you so much for listening and have an incredible day.